0: Hi, this is Runa, and you're listening to The Chainsmakers Podcast, where we share tips, insight, tools, and stories from other chainsmakers designed to motivate you to become the change you want to see in your world. Make sure you join our changemakers community at runamagnus.com forward slash podcast. And now, this is your time to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Meet my guest, David Rouse. He describes himself as an extremely attractive host of the top-ranked online show, Join Up Dots, where each episode, and in each episode, he takes his guest on a journey to discovery, following the words of late Steve Jobs. I mean, David is, he's just such a pure, pure soul. And it's so interesting and so much fun to talk to him and listen to his wisdom, as he is an ex-corporate trainer, and he has a wife, he has five kids, a grandson, a cat. And even he, he mentioned that he has a snail that might actually be dead already, but I don't know how his household is. But anyway, I had to get David on the Makers podcast for many reasons. One of them is the fact that uh, he very openly uh, shared with me how um, his mom, was uh, still controlling him. Well, it's actually not quite controlling him, but you can hear in this episode what his mom is all about. You can also hear in this episode how David left the corporate box and went into the entrepreneurial box, and how the three things that you can do to do exactly the same thing, stepping out of the box that is no longer serving you,
1: I give you David Rolf. Know you personally though, it really is. Is
0: it a pleasure to know me personally? Well it's a pleasure to know you, David Rolf. Thank
1: you. Coming
0: from the shed in your garden. Not
1: Where a shed, to... not a shed. It's-
0: <laughs> what do you call it then? People
1: always say it's a shed. It's it's a proper brick-built office. It's
0: it's, it's brick-built office. Yeah. Why, why did I say that then?
1: Okay, I'm so sorry. People say I'm, that to wind me up. Do you know that?
0: Okay, this is my way to wind you up. Just as we're starting our
1: conversation. Yeah, uh, I'll send you a picture of it. I'll send you. I'll send you, and you'll see. It's it's not a shed. In okay. the UK, a shed is where you put your lawnmower. Okay.
0: Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to David Rolfe in his palace, in the backside of his garden, where he has his office and he is sharing his wisdom to the world through Join Up Dots podcast. I had to get you on this show, David, because you have a story to tell in so many levels. You have, you not only been in the corporate box Leaving that, going into the entrepreneurial box, but in the backside of the whole thing, as a 49-year-old man, you're still listening to what your mother said to you as a child. And (laughs) I mean, who can blame you? As a mother, I know how important it is that our kids listen to us forever. But enough of me and enough of my motherhood. Over to you, David. Tell me. Tell me and tell our audience who are changemakers, just like yourself, tell us how on earth did you leave that beautiful world of corporate books and go into living in your palace in the backside of your house?
1: I have to say, everybody, that Runa didn't paint me in the best light there, that um, I am 49 years old. I, I don't listen to my mum. There was a time, but, you know, we, we all listen to our mum. Yeah, and I will also say, Runa recently was on my own podcast, and she told me that she thought that people that work in banks are the most boring people ever. Well, I actually was working in banks and insurance, which is a double whammy. And five years ago, I, I was like a coiled spring, where every day I was going to work, thinking to myself, there's something more to this, there's something more to this. And the pressure was sort of building up, not for workload, it was easy. It was kind of the pressure of, I've got something in me, I've got, I've got a spring ready to explode. And so quite simply, I got to a point where I had a boss who was great and he allowed me to have so much free time and I could work from home and I could come in and do my work and it it was it was great and it was easy life and then a new manager came in who quite frankly was a complete cow from start to finish and reined me in and every bit of freedom that I had every bit of um you know responsibility she just took away and I thought I can't do this anymore I just can't do this. I can't work for somebody that I don't respect. And you're telling me how to do a job that I've been doing for 10 years, and you don't know it. That's, that's enough for me. So I decided to quit. And I left to become, well, a web designer, I decided to become a web designer, first of all, because I thought there was easy money in it. Until three days into doing it, I realized I hated being a web designer. And then what the hell do I do? What the hell do I do? So I uh, turned on a podcast and I listened to three episodes back to back. And I thought, I, could, I mean, I could do this. I reckon this is the thing that I've been waiting for. And that's it. So, yeah, I did transition from banking and insurance to boring jobs, as Rumina says. I now no longer listen to my mum. And uh, <laughs> life, life is a lot better. This is a beautiful story,
0: you know, and, and you're just uh, really aware of it. It's, it. it's a good story, isn't it?
1: It really is. It it is. I think everybody has got that moment when you feel like you've outstayed your welcome. And I heard somebody say recently the other day that there's never the right time to leave a job, but there's a wrong time to leave a job. You know, and with me, it was always going to be difficult. Because I I was an employee for years and years and years. I went to work and you went from eight to four or nine to five. And within that period of time, you did your work. And no matter how hard you think it is when you are an employee, and we've all come home and gone, oh God, it's terrible. You know, the fact that we literally just turn up and get paid more often than not makes it a lot easier. Once you become an employee of your own, that in many ways is when the difficulties start and you lack clarity and you try everything because you've got to start getting money in and the world screams at you, just do one thing, just do one thing that you do really, really well and we will reward you for it. But in the beginning, you're going, I'll do that and I'll do that and you want me to paint this wall and yeah, I'll do that and anything you can do to sort of get money in. So it is a real journey that you have to go through, but it's the best journey ever. And even through my darkest times when I sort of laid on the kitchen floor thinking, what the hell am I doing? There was still a part of me that was thinking, I'm in control. And once you get that control and you can smash down that box, even if the next box you put yourself in, you decide you don't like that either, you can just keep on smashing down boxes, then you, you never go back. And certainly now I, I have a life that is, is a dream for many. But it's not a big enough dream for me. I just keep on working through certain phases where I think, this is amazing. Fancy getting to this point. And then after three months, I think, well, actually, I think I'm going to do this now and just sort Mm -hmm. of keep on moving forward as you know yourself, Runa.
0: Oh, yeah. That's the, I think, the very typical entrepreneurial box. Be there. I have to give you really, you know, I think you're so brave of leaving not only the corporate world, but leaving the corporate as a banker and and, and selling and in and, the insurance business, and then going into becoming a podcast host. It's interesting what's going on, and as I'm observing what's going on in my own head, you know, I've put you into that box of a banker and and in an insurance, and then and then there's another one there as a podcast host, entrepreneurs, and I'm like.
1: Okay, that is so interesting. I kind of had the skills. I had the skills already because although I was in banking and insurance, I used to be a trainer. I used to stand up doing presentations and courses. And a lot of the things that I used to do was know that, as you say, banking and insurance is very boring. So if I was doing a training course, how could I take this boring subject and make it as fun as possible? So I used to do things like who wants to be a millionaire and used to bring in game shows and quizzes. So there was always that kind of that blend of education and entertainment. And so it was a natural fit for me to get on to the microphone and start interviewing people. And I found myself incredibly interested with people and that's one of the things i look back on and i think all the real relationships that i've had that have worked are the ones that i'm more interested in the other person than i am myself and we can get sort of wrapped up in our own ego especially in the online world where we kind of go you know this is me you know everybody wants me but i think that i realize that actually that's not important to me my importance is when i speak to runa really understand runa so when I come out of it, even though in a podcast you meet the person 30 seconds beforehand, you have this deep conversation, I would be quite happy to be walking along the street, see Runa and say, Runa, let's go for a drink. And, you know, and just had that sort of connection between professionalism and, and personal life. So, yeah, I found myself interested in other people, which once again has been that natural blend. So it's a box that I managed to smash down. And I, I didn't reflect on boxes until the other day then we we spoke. And literally all the time now I'm thinking to myself, is this a box? You know, is this a story that I'm telling myself? And a lot of stories are quite difficult to work out whether they are stories or they're actual truth. And without talking too much, I read this book once called Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker, and it was a great book, and I sort of breezed through it. And I don't remember anything else other than this one phrase that he said is when you have a thought that comes into your mind, is it your fault or is it somebody else's opinion that has been given to you and you've kind of taken that into your mind? And I remember driving around thinking, oh my God, my god every fault that I have might not actually be my fault it might be something that somebody's told me or told me it was so true with conviction and that started me looking back on what my parents had been telling me and coming to this realization that in many ways my mum made it really difficult for me to move forward because she didn't have the same conviction of what I was doing she wanted safety she wants loyalty she wants a pension she wants 40 years and a job and then live your life and it was a story that I've had to sort of deconstruct because it did affect me in many ways but I I don't listen to my mum now please please I don't listen to my mum
0: well here's the thing and first of all to my audience David has now put me into a box saying that I don't like bankers and insurance business people. That is not true. In my podcast that you can listen to on Join Up Dots, I do talk about that I was aware that I had the thought, that bankers were boring. It was when I was aware that the thought came in that I could change it. And that's what we're talking about when it comes to the awareness movement of no more boxes. This is really interesting. You're talking about the knives and you, you use it as a knife. You know, you use it as you know, the blames that people have put on you. Yeah, and, and, and that is basically what we say, you know, you're either been placed in a box And like your mom, you you know, and if with your mom, your mom has said, okay, he's my son. And as my son, he's supposed to be having a secure career that brings him income because it, it concerns me that he has a family and he has this and he has that. And, you know, and most likely it's because she doesn't want to get the burden herself. Not saying anything about your mom, but, you know, knowing how we work. So when you're talking about another thing that I think is so interesting, what you're saying that the thing about being interested in people and how that opens everything up and i i mean i've been you know i've been your guest on your on your podcast and i've felt how you are gen you know you twice through. and i felt really how interested you are it's not just that you are doing oh i have to do a podcast oh you know it's my job it's no no you're really really interested and you do ask questions that you know, as, as, a, as a guest, you, you know, I remember going, oh my shit, how am I going to answer that one? But you do it in a way that it's, it's fun and it's lightning and it's, it has a flow and all of that. So you're beautiful at this. Now, when you look at the people that you used to work with in, in the corporate world and in, in the banking and insurance, and you see them today, what do what you, tell, tell me, what are you, what are you seeing?
1: I don't see the people that I used to work with very often. My my life has moved in different directions. I've seen the type of people because I actually live on the commuter route. And so I bought my house because it was close to a railway station that was easy for me to get to London. And now I see people getting on the train and getting off the train. And they just look grey. They just look like they are... Going somewhere, and they're having to get somewhere, and they're either trying to get to the train or trying to get to their office or trying to get home and stuff. And on a a sort of Monday morning, more often than not, the kids go off to school, and I go in and put a film on Netflix, and I have a cup of coffee, and I get some biscuits, and I, I dunk my biscuits. And I see these people sort of walk to work, and I realize that they just haven't understood. They haven't understood that control starts with you. And once you start reclaiming that control, it's not that hard. I've been coaching a lady and she's down in New Zealand and she's starting this online business where she teaches teachers to teach English. And so there's this thing called IELTS, which is International English Language, something or other. And she started this business and she came through to me and she brought me to my training and I speak to her quite a lot. And she said to me, I never realized how easy life was as long as you come up with the idea and you go for it. And she Mm -hmm. said, that's all I'm doing now. She said, I'm going for it. And I'm thinking to myself, how can I make this thing happen and so she's leaving New Zealand for example and she's going to Bali because she realized there's more people in Bali that want to learn English and she likes that so she's going to where her customers are and she says all I'm doing is just making these bold decisions that's what people don't get they don't get that they're actually allowing their control to be taken away So ultimately, they've never got the control. And one day they will be at their desk and somebody will go, excuse me, we've got, you know, job shortages. Oh, my God, what am I going to do now? And while you've got the internet and you've got the ability to connect with people globally, I think it's the easiest thing and it's the right thing. And with my kids going through education without talking too much, one of the things that I argued very much with other parents, but I said, I don't care what my kids do as long as they enjoy it. And so my daughter is doing dance and she's doing drama and she's, everything is above exceptional because she really loves it and she's going into it. And I'm saying to my kids, you know, find the thing that you really love doing and then become so good at it that you won't have to worry. And it just seems obvious now to me, Runa, like you're doing and like I'm doing. You get something that is playful, it's obsessional and the world starts paying you. And you get a bit guilty at a time when you actually think, really, I'm earning really well here and it doesn't seem like work. But hey, I've brushed that off now and I'm willing to be in that zone. But I think that's ultimately, long answer, that's what those people going to work haven't realised, that they can have their cake and eat it.
0: They can have the cake and eat it. I like that. I really do. As you're talking about and and describing your neighbours commuting to work, it's really a, a visual thing. It makes me think about the masterclass that the change makers, you know, the, the, the month of May being May the Change Be With You, and the change makers, both uh, Giro Shemansky and Susan Franson, they've been doing masterclasses around the inner game of being happy and from the hustled flow. And what you're just saying, you know, it was interesting. I For anyone that is on, listening to this, check out In the Month of May, you can go to com and, and sign up for the free masterclasses. But because what they were talking about, and I think it's so interesting from the concept that you're saying, they're saying like, uh, Suzanne was talking about how the world is changing right now and where there are more and more people that are understanding that they are human being, not human doom. Mm. There's a huge difference between the two. And she's also talked about, which is, it really linked to what you're saying, She so you also talked about, what really blew me away, was, you know, the old way is looking at, as an example, looking at business as the return on investment. That's what we're used to, right? You know, you, you, everything has to go, you know, you have a plan and everything has to be on that, you know, return on investment. Now in the new paradigm, the terminology is return on energy. And if you look at it, and then if you go back, to your neighbors who are going to work. And if you think about it, their thought process would be, hmm, return on energy. What what would be different from that?
1: If you had seen me two years ago, I hit burnout and I hit a real, real strong level of burnout. And my cholesterol was sky high, I had gout, my hair was dropping out. I just looked grey. People were saying to me, You look terrible. And you hear this word burnout, but I didn't know enough about it. And so I just sort of plowed into it until I got told by the doctor, you're six weeks away from a heart attack or stroke, you've got to do something about it. And looking back on it now, it was that I was giving out too much energy and not bringing the energy back in. And now energy and excitement are my key metrics if i'm doing something in my business and i'm feeling really excited by it to me that's what i do and so i'm working less and less and less but the quality of my work is better and i can feel it's better and the rewards are better and i feel healthier i feel better i actually look at myself now and i actually think to myself yeah this is a totally different person that i'm looking at But I didn't realize how worn out I was, how my energy had just got to that lowest level. We see it with mobile phones and everyone's fighting for a plug socket. Oh, I've only got 15%. I need to recharge. But with our body, not at all. And energy and flow and excitement and saying no. I say no to literally everything now. You know, when you asked me to do this, it was a delight. And I said, yeah, absolutely. But I get so many people that ask me to do the same thing. And I say no, because it's not something that fills me up. It's That spring isn't coming forth. And if I don't feel that, I don't do that. So I think you're absolutely right. And ROI, really important. But if you get the metrics right, that you are passionate, you're enthusiastic, you look after yourself, you enjoy yourself, that's going to come anyway. You know, that is, that's, that's the reward for you doing the right things for yourself and your business and your family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned that you needing to recharge your phone because we understand that. Mm. We really understand that. I mean, you know, we, 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 understand that. And it's just like, you know, the old, the old saying was, you know, what do you do when you get, see the red signal on your, on your car? Nowadays, it is more, you're more linked to what's going on in, with your phone. And that brings me to what, what Gita was talking about, the inner game of we need to, you know, what the things that you were programmed to do, what your mom told you to do, and you were programmed to do to be able to go delete those programs. And just like you scale up your phone on a regular basis, don't you? Otherwise it doesn't work. And Well, I, I
1: actually don't have a phone. I have no mobile. I have no landline. I have nothing, other than what I'm doing here on a PC, I have no ability to be connected with away from this. I turn this computer off and that's it. Total 100% disconnection. So I'm very aware of that. And it bothers people because they want to communicate with me. And I say to them, you know, like you, for example, you said, could you do this on Monday? And I said, no, I can do it on Friday. You know, I'm very aware of that. Yeah, exactly.
0: Which I applaud, because this is what we need. We need to really be in tune with who am I. I sometimes say, you know, am I in a box that is no longer giving me oxygen to breathe? And being aware of that, what you're just saying, and act accordingly so that you can breathe, so that you can basically then give the ripple effect to other people around you. And that's really complicated. That that grows. That really grows. David, one last question. I can hear that you are really helping other entrepreneurs to to live a life that makes them feel free and makes them feel the joy that they're looking for in their lives. What would you say to an entrepreneur who is out there or or a wannabe entrepreneur that is out there? What are the things that, that, like the three simple steps that they can take to start that process?
1: Okay, first one, without a doubt, know yourself. You know, join Up Dots My Show. Every single day we say you have lived a life that has given you the experiences to become very good at something. Now, a lot of people come along and go, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I go, do you know anything about that? And they go, well, no, but it looks great. No. Do the thing that you know better than anyone. And for example, I have two talents and I'll be totally transparent. One of them, I can talk very well. And can you translate that to money? If you find the right environment, you can. And so that's one. And I've always had this thing that I call my motivation rocket, that I can talk to somebody and I can blast it into them and I can see them go, oh, yeah, I can do this, you know. And that works very well in the environment that I've now put it into. So you can take any skill that you've got. Don't reinvent the wheel. Know yourself. Secondly, don't force it. If you think that it's going to take two years, it's going to take four years. You know, it really is. Just just let it naturally occur. Do the work, of course. Do the right things. Be aware that you're going to go back and forth. Unless you hire a coach or something that can steam you through, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. But don't force it. These things take time. And the last thing that I learned really before, you know, I should have learned this before anybody else, but I learned it after everybody else, is put your mask on first. Absolutely. You know, if you've got an email marketing list that you're trying to create and you're tired, leave it. Go and have a lie-in, go to sleep, watch some TV, leave it behind because I promise you, you will make far more progress by actually living a life away from your business than you will living within your business. And I took so long to learn that. And now, as I say, I work literally two days a week. Everything else, no one can connect with me. I'm totally disconnected. But it means that when I do come here, I'm ready to go. And I come out eight hours later with a body of work that spread over 40 hours wouldn't have been any better. But I've got that free time, So they're the three things, Rumi.
0: Really. Oh, that's beautiful. David, thank you so much for your wisdom and your insights your the show notes where how to reach david will all be on on our show notes in that but where where would they go yeah where would they go
1: there's a thing that we have called google which is quite good for finding things and if you just type in join up dots you'll find me and then there's like 1500 podcast episodes there's some free training there's there's a load of stuff and i'm adding to it all the time so that would be the main place that would be the main place thank you so much david thank you very much runa
0: Was this podcast of value for you? I sure hope so. If so, feel free to share the love and give us your generous review on iTunes or Stitcher. And remember that you can always go to runamagnus.com to find out more about the changemakers and how we can help you drive the change you want to see in your world.